It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 409 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, November 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at LockedOnRaptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you are checking out the Lockdown Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams, a whole bunch of Major League Baseball teams, a whole whack of college programs as well. And we've got Lockdown Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. We've got Lockdown Fantasy football i think two fantasy football shows if i'm not mistaken we've also got locked on nba the daily show from david Locke and a bunch of other hosts from across the nba network chipping in weekly guest appearances by ben golliver and sam amick on the nfl side we've got locked on nfl with matt williamson weekly guests include mike sando of espn and sage rosenfels former quarterback it's uh it's a really good time for the network right now a lot of talent on it right now and some very exciting uh additions and guests and, and all that stuff so please if you find a show on the network that you like a, a host that you want to support please subscribe rate and review to that show on itunes stitcher spotify google play all the places you find your podcast it's the best way to support the shows and it's free to do and it takes no time at all so there's really no reason for you not to do it so thank you in advance for taking the time lockdown raptors is one of the most highly rated and reviewed shows on itunes among all of the lockdown shows and like it's pretty up there in terms of sports podcasts as well so if you like the stuff i do you want to support me please consider subscribing to uh the podcast on itunes it's very very helpful all right, going to get to today's show. Today is just the finishing, the culmination of the Mailbag podcast I started yesterday. It's uh, a couple of shorter episodes here, but hey, I had a lot of mailbag questions, a lot of really good mailbag questions, and I didn't even get to all the ones that came in, but I wanted to uh, answer a good number of them. So split this into two podcasts. I'm also going to have a podcast Friday night after the game against the Suns, so stay tuned for that. That'll be the sixth podcast this week because I like you guys and I want to give you extra stuff to listen to. There's also going to be a Patreon-exclusive podcast 
coming out on Friday. Myself and John Godas from Raptors HQ are going to talk about Morris Peterson's Miracle 3 against the Wizards and Michael Ruffin's Butterfingers. So if you're interested in that, please consider subscribing to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Raptors. That will be out there. Uh, but if you only want to listen to uh, Mailbag Podcasts, then you can check out today's podcast for free, obviously. Uh, and that's going to come up right now. Let's continue with the Mailbag Podcast that I started yesterday here on Lockdown Raptors. Next one here uh, from Luke at Just a Little Luke. Not a Raptors question, but interesting. What do you think about the National Basketball League of Canada? Um, so the National Basketball League of Canada has been around for five or six years, maybe seven or eight at this point. Um, hasn't really gained a lot of traction. I know Royce White is kind of the big name right now. He's played for London the last couple seasons. He's like the best player in that league, in, in the league right now. Um, the the thing about the NBL of Canada is that it's kind of got some competition now by the Canadian Elite Basketball League, which is starting up. And I guess I'm biased on this one because there's a team in Hamilton where I live now, and they're they're they just their schedules out now and there's a lot of excitement about it and um there seem to be some pretty big people involved with it that kind of gives me some encouragement that this is going to work john lashway actually he was one of the people who started and got the raptors off the ground in 1995 he worked for the blazers for about nine years before coming to canada and then when he came to canada helped launch the raptors has been kind of with the mlse family for a long time since then and is now the president of the hamilton honey badgers which is the team in the cebl um mike morreale is the ceo of the league right now he is uh, a former cfl player actually but he um he seems to kind of have a really good handle on what the league is doing right now and they have joe razzo who is the father of victor razzo who's a former carlton basketball player but joe razzo has been a longtime coach he was mcmaster's coach for a long time now he's a scout with a few NBA teams up here and is now, I believe, the director of basketball ops for the CEBL. So the CEBL is going to provide some competition for the NBL of Canada. And the thing that's really fascinating about the CEBL is that it's going to have a U-Sports draft and combine, which it's working on right now. Um, that is going to help sort of turn U-Sports into a pipeline to the pros. And obviously, it's not Europe. It's not quite to the level of a lot of the leagues these guys have the opportunity to play in. But if there's a local opportunity to play pro after you're done school, whether if you're a U-Sports athlete and the CEBL can offer something competitive, I, I think that's a really nice way to sort of keep some talent in-house and just give jobs to guys who might not otherwise be able to go pro right maybe they're like a tier below the guys who would typically go to europe but um i think there are going to be a lot of jobs every roster is going to have 10 players on it 70 percent of it has to be canadian so it's going to be a lot of opportunity for canadian kids from you know the oua from canada west from all over the place to get uh it's just another avenue right to get some pro basketball experience and there seem to be some really good people running this league and involved with it and and it's sort of a, uh, it's a single entity ownership league. So the, the, the owners, the league kind of owns all the teams and controls all the teams. So we'll see how that sort of manifests itself when it comes to the allocation of talent and stuff like that. But um, I'm curious at least to see how it's going to work. And I'm pretty confident. Actually, if you want to hear a bit more about this on my radio show each week that I do Hamilton is Hoops, you can listen to this past week. I had John Lashway on the show talking about how the Hamilton team is going to run. And then Mike Morreale was on a couple weeks ago. And um, I think our second episode of the show and we talked 
talked about uh, just sort of the, how the league's going to run itself. So that's a, a lot of informative stuff if you're interested in the local basketball uh, scene and, and the league that's beginning up in May. Um, they're going to have a lot of announcements coming soon with coaches and stuff like that for who these for, for these teams and you know the people who are going to be involved and they'll start filling out rosters and there'll be a U Sports draft to pay attention to as well in March. So uh, exciting stuff if you're a CEBL fan. National Basketball League of Canada, obviously a little bit more uh, established, but I, I do kind of have questions about the longevity of that league, but that's another day. Uh, we're, we're all getting into that. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, this is a doozy from Kevin O'Brien at KWOB33. Can't remember if I've asked you this before, but if you could change three things about Raptors game ops, game ops, what would you change? This is a question that goes right to my heart because the Raptors game ops are so bad to me and so disappointing. And I guess when I was a kid, I thought they were great. I loved how loud it was. I loved Herbie Coon, and I wouldn't get rid of Herbie Coon to you know to start with. But like I, I do think there are ways to amp up the experience at a Raptors game to make it less just like in your face. The Raptors are a really good team. They don't need to be in your face. They don't need to tell you, hey, this is a basketball team anymore. Raptors fans are smart. They know what's up. So I think they just kind of want to go watch a game and not be screamed at the entire game um, by the collection of people they have screaming at them from the stands. So thing number one, I would change it to theater lighting. Uh, This has been done in a couple arenas, mostly I think uh, Boston's doing it this season, I believe, but also obviously the Lakers do it. I think the Nets also do it, and the Knicks do. And I don't know. It's just it's such a nice mood setter to just have the court be the only light, the only place with light. Um, and it's like the ACC or Scotiabank Arena. It's kind of the it's like the extreme. I think most arenas are kind of neutral when it comes to what the crowd lighting is situation is like, but the ACC or Scotiabank Arena, God damn it, um, it's like it's so in your face bright all the time. Like even when you're up top, like it's just so bright. The lights are just like all over the place. And this is the same with hockey as well. When you watch the Leaf games, like it's just so bright all the time. And I don't think it needs to be like that. Like most arenas are a little bit more dim and that's fine, especially for basketball. Like I I can't imagine it's like the easiest thing to look at when you're a player coming in either. Like just how bright the lights are. And um, I can't imagine the shooting backdrops are, I I mean, I'm not sure there's any data to say it's harder to shoot it in in Toronto than it is elsewhere. But for me, at least it just seems like it's, it's a lot to sort of take in. Um, And it's just, well lit to the point where it's kind of overdone so give me theater lighting just because it looks cooler and also because it's so extremely bright in there right now that it's kind of over the top um number two just like a couple notches down on the volume <laughs> like that's really all it is is a couple notches down on the volume would be just like enormous and like I, I don't think i'd have to go any further past that if you've been to a game you know what it's about like it's just so oppressively loud all the time you can't even have a conversation with somebody because even during play all the music they play during the play is insanely loud i don't know how defenses communicate in toronto it's so incredibly deafening in there so just a couple notches down in the volume and then number three so they'll come up once in a while with like these 
really good little things to play after guys get buckets. You know, they'll have the uh, the Undertaker Bells play when Serge Ibaka gets a block. They'll have back when Demar used to get a bucket, they you know play the straight out of Compton clip. You know, now when OG gets a bucket, they'll play the OG original gangster clip. I would like if they did that more often and stopped with some of the more hokey stuff they do. Um, like that, they the stuff that they do well, they kind of seem to do it once and then forget about it. This might not, may, this may not make a lot of sense to people who aren't at the games and don't hear it over and over. But um, it's just so repetitive with a lot of the bad stuff they do and a lot of the good stuff. It just feels like they never really go back to it. They don't go back to the well quite enough. So um, just like realizing what they do well and doing that more I suppose would be number three um, also stop having Strizzy yell all the time I know Strizzy does like the intros really well I'd prefer Herbie go back and do the intros Herbie used to I like I loved Herbie's intros back in the day Strizzy's are just like so over the top it's kind of ridiculous so uh, yeah give me Herbie back on the introductions because that's how I remember it back when I was a kid maybe I just sound like an old man right now but uh, Herbie doing the intros was uh, was is kind of a thing I wish they could go back to. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but I'll be honest I haven't been consistent that is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Next one here from Tony East at T East NBA. Worst pick number you would trade for Norman Powell straight up right now. This is, uh, or I guess the worst pick you would trade Norm for right now. This is a very good question. I, off the top of my head, I feel like it would have to be a first round pick. Like, I know it's the it's tempting to say just offload Norm, get a second rounder, and be done with the contract. I keep believing in Norm, man. I can't not believe in Norm. There's so much good that he's done that I can't just like give up on that. You know what I mean? It's 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 too exciting. The things that he's that he's done well, the playoff performances he's had, the stuff that he can do when he's right is uh, it's a really nice thing to have. A guy who's that efficient of a slasher and a guy who with his first step like that and a guy who could knock down catch and shoot threes when he's really feeling it. It just I don't want to give up on that for for too little at this point, especially as the Raptors seem like they're okay paying the tax. Like I don't think there's any need to rush off of him if they're okay paying the money to keep the team together. And it's year one of a four year deal. You don't want to trade him away and have it be a, a mistake where you're like, oh damn, that guy at ten million bucks could have been a really nice guy to have a couple years from now, and maybe the cap goes up a little bit more, and maybe Norm kind of finds some consistency. At the same time, I totally wouldn't begrudge anyone if they said, yeah, just trade Norm for a second rounder and, and be done with it. So I would say probably like a top 25 pick maybe something like that for norm top 22 uh i'd be okay with but other than that like i just kind of want to see how it goes like this is a thing that i think a lot of people do is they get 
sort of in their head that they have to trade a guy. But hey, sometimes maybe hanging on to the guy and just seeing what happens can be something of an acquisition because maybe they develop into something that you didn't expect they would become or maybe they have a a breakout or a stretch of games where you didn't think they would become something and maybe they boost their trade value that way and you can get more back for them I don't know but giving up on guys too early is like you know it's not a thing I like doing and maybe that would make me a bad GM but I, I think the, the 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 things Norm has done well and does well, I, I think, still translate and are useful in an NBA wing. And wings are such a commodity right now that I don't know why you just go giving away one just because you have a lot of them. You know, it's nice to have depth. It's nice to have options. And I do think Norm, so far, on balance of play, probably deserves to be in the rotation ahead of CJ Miles right now, which is already a step up. I did not expect that uh, to be... I, I kind of expected it over the course of this season maybe would happen, but maybe not in the first eight games of the season. Um... So, uh, yeah, I think Norm is kind of – his turnaround is on is back on track. His usage is, like, comically low right now when he's playing these big minutes. Uh, when he's starting in place of Kawhi, he is not, you know, doing much in them. And he's, he'll play, like, I don't know, 30 minutes and have, like, four shots. But I do think the things he's doing – the fact that he's not jacking up 10 shots in that time when he doesn't have it, I think is kind of a good sign as well. So – um, yeah, I'm not giving up on Norm just yet. As long if it's for anything less than like a a, a late first round pick, I, I suppose. Like I, I, I wouldn't want to do a second rounder. Let's put it that way. Next one here from uh, at TTC made me do it. How many Warriors injuries would it take for the Raptors to have a realistic chance to win the finals? For the record, I would never w- wish injuries on anybody. Neither would I. Um, I, th- I think it might just be one. And maybe it depends on who it is. Like, if it's Clay Thompson, they're probably fine. Like, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant are good enough to kind of carry them. Honestly, though, I think if it's one of KD or Steph, there's a very real chance that the Raptors could pull that off. You know, just the depth that the Warriors have right now is not all that impressive. And I know they're playing out of their goddamn minds right now. And Steph is on one. And even if Durant gets hurt, maybe Steph is enough to carry them because he's probably the second or third best player on earth right now. I it's it's really hard to say, but I I think uh, the Raptors are really good and Kawhi is incredible. And if say one of those guys gets hurt, you know the Kawhi the the conversation of who's the best player in the series it could very well be kind of a toss up between Kawhi and one one of Durant or Curry. Um, and obviously after that, you know how Lowry stacks up with Clay Thompson. I think that's kind of an interesting conversation. Um, and if they can kind of match a little bit of what Draymond does with Pascal and OG Ananobi. Then I think there's a, like the depth could be actually meaningful in that series. I think the Raptors could really win minutes in which those guys aren't on the court. And so yeah, I would say one injury to either Steph Curry or Kevin Durant, and the Raptors are very much in that conversation and very, uh, you know, very serious contenders to win that finals. And you know that could happen. I, Steph and Katie have not been 100% healthy, and I'm not wishing injuries on them. And I, I that would suck a lot if that was like the Raptors' path goes through an injured team. Like that would be kind of a bummer. Ultimately, you take what you can get and you play who you play. But um, that would be kind of a you know I think people I, I'm sure would lord over the Raptors for a long time. Oh, you didn't win because Steph. KD was out, um, you know, that'd be exhausting probably, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think probably one injury and, and to one of those two guys, and it's uh, it's open for conversation of, uh, for, for sure. Uh, next question here, this may be the last one, I think. Also from uh, Ty Moore at Hey, it's Ty Moore. Which Raptor would you want catching a Brady or Rogers Hail Mary to win the game? Ah, uh, 
I think it's probably Jonas Valanciunas. He's enormous. You can just toss it up to him. I'm not sure he gets down the court in time to catch it, but um, if you ha- if like the, the pass protection is good enough, you can give him time to get down there. And his hands are really strong. He's a very good rebounder. He you know will fetch his own misses a whole bunch of time. Maybe there's like a chance where the ball bobbles up a little bit after a couple guys go for it, and there's some deflection and tossing for it, and, and Jonas is the one that comes down with it. And he'd just be like a really nice tight end to have out there, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think Jonas is the guy. I wouldn't want someone small as I'm just as sure-handed as I'm sure Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet are. I just, I'd rather have a big guy down there. Um, I guess Kawhi with his enormous-ass hands. Like, who even needs gloves with stick em on him when you have Kawhi's hands? So maybe that is also your second option. Like, you're throwing Kawhi on the left wing, or left wing, left flank, whatever, lining up as the left wide receiver. You'll have Valanciunas as the right wide receiver. And then in the slot, maybe you have... Maybe you have Siakam. He's really fast. He's a burner. He can get down there. Also is used to catching Kyle Lowry, Tom Brady ass passes from uh, from Lowry in games uh, with defenders kind of draped around him. So uh, he's got experience there. And then if you have someone that you need as like a check down guy, maybe that's where you put Fred Van Vliet in there. He's small. He's hard to tackle. Maybe you can check it down to him and he can rumble for some yards. Get you, uh, you know, either like an, un- an unexpected like Music City Miracle type play where he can run it and keep it alive and then sort of lateral to somebody to keep it alive or you can kind of get him to get out of bounds if you need a field goal you can get him you can get you a bunch of yards I don't know that, that, that that's my lineup of uh, skill position players I suppose if I'm lining up I guess you need five out there so if you got Fred at running back you got Jonas and uh, or Jonas at tight end Siakam is your slot receiver uh, Kawhi Leonard as your uh, is one of your wide receivers, and then um, I don't know, Danny Green. Eh, eh, who knows? Dan, yeah, this is good. Ah, and actually, Norm Powell, six foot four. He's big. He's got big hands. Um, you know, sometimes he'll almost bobble it, but not quite bobble it in clutch situations. He can be the other receiver. That's that's good to have out there too. Um, I spent too much time on that question. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. It's been a long mailbag, and i sorry for droning on, but there were some really good questions that came in, so uh, thank you so much. This might actually be the second part. You might be listening to this in two part. I haven't decided yet, just yet how it's going to break down, but um, hope you enjoyed this one, and we'll be back. Hope you enjoyed this one, and we will be back on Friday night, probably, maybe Saturday morning, breaking down the game against the Suns. Not sure if I'll have a guest for that one. We'll see TBD on that, but uh, there will be a podcast in your feed Saturday morning at some point, at the very latest, talking about the Suns game and looking ahead to the Lakers game on Sunday. That should be a good time. Very excited for that one. And, uh, yeah, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. As always, it's very, very helpful, very much appreciated. So uh, thank you in advance for taking that small amount of time it requires. And, um, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next time with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.